This is the Machination Log for June 27th, 2016. Happy birthday, me. This is David Paddock. So is, is it your... Yeah. Are you serious? Yeah, it'll be my birthday. Get out of town. What? Oh, when it when it goes up to air. That's correct. Oh, okay. I was like, you son of a bitch. <laughs> to my left, we've got Nick LaCastro. Hey, what's up, everybody? Um, this is going to be a duo podcast, not necessarily a check-in. It was going to be a writing podcast, but because my, uh, my scheduling skills have apparently just atrophied apropos nada over the last six months, um, this is just how this goes, but that's okay. It's hard to coordinate schedules sometimes. We're going to roll with the punch. Look, I'm going to take as much of the blame for this as I can since I <laughs> scheduled this two days ago and then was didn't. It? Oh, yeah, I guess so. It wasn't terribly long ago, and then I yeah. changed the time. But uh, regardless, also writing is such a vague topic. I need to be a little more specific. Uh, but regardless, Nick, we're here, and we're going to we roll are. with it. We are going to we're gonna party hard, man. Yeah. Um, Nick, I've been to a lot of parties specifically at your house yes and virtually nowhere else well that's i i appreciate that it's a bit of an <laughs> honor it's uh i i think there's uh a certain pride in that i i think uh so for those of you who have tuned in before javier remy who's another frequent podcaster uh is my roommate and we have a nice house in the downtown area that we rent and uh it's got a lot of space and it's really nice for hosting parties. Uh, it's a good location. It's easy to get to from a lot of other places. Yeah. And it's not an apartment complex, so parking is not a bitch. Yeah. And uh overall, um I don't know, I, it, it's always been something that I've done at least since like college time. Uh I've just enjoyed throwing parties and really just to hang out with friends. Um but no one else took up the charge for you on that. How did you end up being that person? Yeah, you know, uh, I, I guess through my activities and stuff that I always, like, threw myself into, like, in college, that was, like, uh, I don't know, either through classmates or through kendo or through humans versus zombies or something like that, or even gaming. Like, that's how I know Javier and all them. Uh, there were, like, little circles of friends that were kind of developed and those gradually expanded out further, and much like in any Venn diagram, they start to overlap right. with other groups. And you start to see that a lot of these people kind of want to hang out together. Um, and I kind of took it upon myself, because uh, I, I did, like, on the weekends, that was the thing I wanted to do, was hang out with everybody. Um, and I figured the best way to do that would be to throw little shindigs. It started off small, you know, like they mostly do, like, you know, 10 or so people over hang out, you know, watch a movie or something. Like I, I can name a lot of people who would already consider 10 to be quite a few. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, to me, that's a that's more of a get-together, um, sure. I guess. But that's you're right. That's based purely off the scale that I'm used to, which is like for the parties I normally throw, like they would probably, probably range around 20 to 35 people, give or take. Uh, fill the going, house. Yeah, you'd fill the house, kind of going in and out. Um when we were in an apartment back in college, that was more of a problem, obviously, because, you know, fitting 25, yep. 30 people in a single apartment is probably a fire hazard. And, and neighbors care more about <laughs> it. And yeah, tremendously. Um, yeah, there's all sorts of pratfalls to that kind of nonsense. Even in a house, sometimes that causes problems. But, well, yeah, and when you mix a small space like that with alcohol and generally young, immature people... Uh, yeah, party goers, if you will. Yeah, yeah, party goers. You know, not <laughs> not to slap labels or anything, but yeah, uh, yeah you uh, you get some accidents here and there. Uh, and uh, but in college, you're young, you can bounce back from that. Uh, nowadays, I think they're more tame. I would say, sure, don't really see see a whole lot of crazy attitudes. But you have people that actually care what they're going to feel like the next morning. Yeah, these are people usually who have work 
the following like couple days ahead or, or <laughs> things to pay for. Or no? just don't want to throw up on themselves. That too. Not I'll, that not you, that I would necessarily be singling anyone besides myself out in that. You'd be surprised. There, there's been more than a handful of people who have uh, done stuff like oh, that. Oh, I don't doubt that. I'm yeah. just merely saying for the sake of the listenership that uh, oh, yeah. I have only thrown up a couple of times in my life, and really? one of them was at a party at, at Nick's. Really? Yes. Did, and it was. Did you I, care to? I don't think it reconcile? was booze. I think it was just. I drank about half a bottle of champagne, and I think it was just the carbonation. Was this New Year's? Yeah. Okay. Interesting. It, this past one. Uh, whenever or, that was, or was it that? Well, I think it was two years ago. Whenever it was, yeah. I, I think I think it was <laughs> 2015. Okay, I was about to say because. Well, yeah, years. that would be last year's. Yeah. Wait, like or not breaking. <laughs> Breaking into 2015? This was more than a year ago. <laughs> okay. All right. I was about, well, first you were like, well, whenever that is, like, well, yeah, it's New no, Year's, no, no, so whatever. clearly it's one of that's, those that's days. That's besides the point. <laughs> that's besides the point. It was uh, a very uncomfortable, terrible time. I think it's it's those parties are the ones that people tend to do it harder than they do at just a normal, like, hey, let's get together, throw a party kind of thing. Well, but you tend to be the person who arranges the parties for at least the circles I'm around uh, for the holidays. You do a Christmas party, a Halloween party, all that stuff. Well, like we talked about in the holiday one, uh, I like hosting those because I have a lot of people who are very close friends that I consider family. And I feel like, you know, a lot of them probably don't hang out with each other with the exception of a couple small niche groups. So being able to see all of them at once saves me the effort of having to say no to a couple other parties. So I figure I can sacrifice my ability to go to another party in order to just skip any of the awkwardness of like not being able to attend someone's event and just sure. host it myself. You know what oh, I mean? Oh, there's certainly an allure yeah, to that. I so, mean, I've I've always been uh, Nick's. I've been Nick's more introverted counterpart to this for the longest <laughs> time. I mean, and mine. My need to host parties goes back way, way before college, though. It was the land party days of middle school because – and my – the reason for that wasn't necessarily on my shoulders. It was at least partially. It turns out in retrospect that um, my mom wanted to know where I was and there was no better way to know where I was than for us to just have the party at our house. I completely understand. It sounds like you had a controlling mom too. Um, no. Slightly more than, than needy? Sure. Sure. Okay. Because I was in the same boat too. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, no, land parties. Yeah, you're right. Actually, I didn't even think about that. That's something that way back probably in high school, middle school, that was something that I would go to too. But what would be the average size of a, a, one of those for, for your sake? Um, It depended on the generation we're talking. Generation's the wrong word. Let's Era say, let's we're say talking about. But um, High school? Between six and 12 people. We had a so that, lot of computers in the yeah, house. Yeah, that is much bigger than whatever I had back then. So. Well, I mean, my dad was an enthusiast. My dad stopped being able to be into cars, as far as I can tell. Either that or he just he switched his affection to the modern era of car, which is PC rigs. And True. we, I mean, he his office was a laboratory for overclocking stuff. Well, that seems like the perfect place to get that set up. So Yeah, yeah. there was, <laughs> we have, we may still have part of a graveyard just full of computer chassis that are way too old to play any modern games. But back in the day, they were all pretty bitchin' machines. This is sounding like a good setup for a Speed Racer spinoff, but more focused on PC. It um, uh, it would make a really boring one. <laughs> That's probably true. But no, that, I mean, that was... And parties got lamer and lamer on my side from there just because I I didn't keep up my, uh, my end of the bargain on that. But I still end up being the one who schedules a lot of this stuff. I still have a... Ne- I, you literally have a network that... You schedule stuff almost weekly, I would say. You probably schedule oh, I, more events oh, than I, I do. do. 
I on do, an average but, basis. But I'm part of the reason I kind of want to talk to you about this in a spontaneous fashion is that I want to pull I want to pull ideas on what makes parties work. Ah, uh, yeah. Because I have a hard I have a hard um, problem with the way that I invite people to them, which is that I am simultaneously indiscriminate but way too discerning. Uh, where I will specifically invite everybody, but my process is additive. You get added to a group once I feel safe having you in my house, which yeah. is as neurotic as it sounds, and I can't break that. No, no, it, that that's an important thing to chime on there because I, I think anybody would want that with the people they invite. Like, I don't just invite random people into my household. I've had parties like that where random people have shown up because somebody I invited invited other people without telling me. Sure. And that's annoying. In my opinion, oh, I mean, because no, that's that is a showstopper for me. Oh yeah, I yeah. won't let them in. Right, right. See, I, I have trouble saying no to people, but I will chastise that person later about it, um, mainly because I don't want that. Like I said, like when I host these things, I want my friends or people that I consider I'm close to to spend time with. Like new people are cool, but I'd rather get to know them neutral through space. other neutral space stuff. Yeah, before letting them into my house. Also, when you're the DJ or oh boy yeah. or master of festivities you have enough to deal with without needing to meet new people yeah I didn't you I think people underestimate how much of a workload that is um, oh it's it can be a pain in the ass yeah to be the one running around because you're simultaneously made butler chauffeur you you take care of everything yeah pretty much and like I kind of donned the role of bartender too um, just because and I have a much greater appreciation because in, in in college, uh, a lot of those roles, I actually, it was, it was this 50, 50 split between myself hosting parties and another group of friends, uh, the Leon brothers, uh, Matt and John, who were notorious for, well, not notorious, but they were like famed for hosting very, very good parties. Hmm. Um, and it kind of became like a split between the two. Once we started like, like people started moving away and we started bringing in more and more people. But like those, like those guys, they would do everything. Like they would provide the bulk, like 90% of the stuff you needed for the event. They would do all the music. They would do all the drink making. They would provide all the food. Like it was incredible the amount of effort they put into it. And it makes my parties look like a yeah. fucking hack. So, <laughs> yeah. but, uh, yeah, that, that eats up, I would say 50% of my time at a party is making sure everybody else is having a good time. Oh yeah, absolutely. So it's, it's a major pain. Not that I want to say, at least in my case, that any of that effort pays off since I still have um, a hard time telling what people actually need. So I mostly uh, just obsess. And we've and just seen those little thought bubbles like in video games. Yeah, you know, basically. It's like the sushi thing. No, that's, that's yeah. always, I'm, I'm waiting for people to actually, <laughs> dem- rather than passive aggressively hoping that something happens, <laughs> yeah. I'd rather someone just ask. Yeah. But that's, I know that's kind of a pipe dream even Tommy among Ga- friends. Tamagotchi's got it down. Why can't people, you know? It's, Come on, step it's it a up. weird, no, yeah. it's a weird, and I also don't want to necessarily bemoan that station given that I, I, I literally foisted it on myself. It is no one's fault but my own that I'm being the gopher. So true. I, I, well, yeah. I mean, that's if not me, who? Exactly. If not me, who, Nick? I, I don't know who. <laughs> I don't think anybody on this side of town would do anything like that. No, I know. That's, All the events would be more towards my end at that point. Well, at, at a minimum, and yeah. I mean, even within my space, I mean, I'm fine with, I'm fine with four people showing up to any of my stuff because I. I fully understand that for most of my friends now, it's a drive to get over here, and I, I do schedule this shit yeah. once a week. So that's true. I, I just like having, and it, part of the point was not even to make it a party necessarily. It was to just normalize the idea of coming over because because yeah. people people have it's not a false impression. It's just something they have to be reminded of all the time. Is that 
a lot of people aren't doing things most of the time. So yeah, I I just put things out there. It's like, hey, if you, if you want to come over, do something. Yeah. I'm here. Oh, we can do stuff. Oh, definitely. And like, I think that's, I agree. I think that's something people tend to not put on the table. Like, like I'm sure, like back when in high school and college and stuff, I think that was a much more common occurrence for somebody to just be like, hey man, what are you doing today? Like, let's hang out or something like that. Oh, it was 10 times as common. Yeah. Nowadays, when everybody's working, they got stuff, weekends are like usually trips or something like that. You have to really like plan really far in advance to just get some kind of commitment out of, out of people. Yeah. And like, that's what I've noticed. Like, uh, or, or the excuse of a holiday, which we've commented on before. True. Yeah. So like holidays tend to make the, the easiest because those are usually the times that people already have off. Yeah. So, uh, I think birthdays are kind of in that realm too. That yeah. It tends to be the most oh, bir- com- like birthday. The you get a little bit of extra pull. Yeah. Cause it's people like, this is a, a special day. Yeah. Come celebrate kind hey, of bitch, thing. So it's my day. <laughs> yeah. Please come to my party. Speaking of which please. in a month, I have to prepare for that now yeah. uh, a month from now for Patrick and I. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, because I apparently host parties for Patrick as well. Exactly. Yeah, just, no, that lazy fuck won't do it. So <laughs> <laughs> there's been a party at Patrick's. I there's, mean, Anna organized it. But. Anna organized it. Exactly. <laughs> like, that know. that's the the key. Anna does. And again, like there's people who are support staff, right? That are like they're good friends who will assist tremendously with the party production. Like a lot of the ones that I host, Anna and Tracy tend to ho- like bring the most to oh, that. Yeah. Like because they cook. You know, they, they can prepare no, like dishes the, and stuff. The salt of the earth members that right without the, they're they're the people at every commencement speech that without which none of this would have been possible. Yeah. But I think it's also important too that there's like so like I I can only be in so many places at a party at once, right? And I think another important thing is the composition of the people there. So like if I if I have a bunch of introverted friends, right, and like you like do. and zero extroverted friends, which isn't <laughs> true. I have a, a fair mix, I would say. I think there would be such little mingling that it would become a very awkward situation and the longevity of a party would probably minimalize. Uh, so you need, like, I try to find, and this just happens to be the way that I find friends, is that I find people who mirror facets of myself. Like, I can be very introverted at times, but I'm sure is what you recognize compared to yourself, I seem very extroverted. I can very easily talk to people. I go out and do stuff. Everybody thinks of themselves that way. This is the problem with the introvert-extrovert dichotomy. We should talk about that for the next 20 minutes. uh, I mean, we can if you want to. It it ties into parties. Sure. No, it's funny enough. There are people that everybody loosens up around. That is true. (laughs) I I would imagine if you didn't know me all that well, there would be a strongly different. Yeah, but you also, I'm actually, no, I was about to say something that would just be brutally dishonest and ridiculous, um, which is that (laughs) neither of us would, that we would be cagey. Neither of us are cagey. What does cagey imply? Um, It implies that you're not willing to talk to someone you don't know. Oh, yeah. No, to me, that is a, a weird, not weird, but it's just an unusual thing because I feel like everybody has something to offer and it just takes like one chance to kind of figure out if it's worth it or not. Sure. Like, don't get me wrong. There's people where I'm like, I hang out with you and I'm just like, there's no way this is going to work out. (laughs) I'd rather just never see you again. Uh, and those people tend not to get invites later. Um, so yeah, no, that's completely understandable, but I, I never want to just immediately like look at someone and be like, you know, nah, like, Oh, I want to judge, but I want to talk to them. Right. Yeah. That makes I want to confirm my judgments about them. <laughs> not just I want to bring not, ju- not just cast judgment and then leave. No, I want to I want to see whether or not my introverted fantasy about who they really are oh. is 
is a real thing. That probably no, I I do that. I do that every. You week. do a lot of people watching. I think you guys had a podcast on that before, right? Oh, I love I love watching people. Would you say that's your main like mode of inner like initial contact with people? Uh, how could it not be? Well, I mean, it, oftentimes contact that I have with people, especially at parties, uh, are people that I'm introduced to, like like plus ones and stuff like that that are brought in. And I, think I guess that does happen. That's how a lot of my circle kind of grows is I make friends with someone really close and then they have a group of friends and we hang out enough that they want to merge. And then that group kind of grows like an amoeba, just absorbing everything around it. I have a much more tyrannical control over who <laughs> becomes my friend <laughs> now that I'm thinking about it in that in that particular context, because mine basically goes something like this. I'll be introduced to someone that hits the level of acquaintance, which is basically a, a deadness where it's like we agree that we're not going to kill each other. <laughs> right. Um, but and, then there's another tier above, And then right? there's a tier where I'll, like, observe them. And then at some point, <laughs> I'll be my brain will, like, it'll flip a switch and be like, no, you get to come in now. Like, well, And I'll talk to him before that, but yeah. the attitude is completely different. Well, this is an interesting perspective because now I'm, now I'm really intrigued. So, like you said, you've been to a lot of my parties. Yeah. Probably a good majority of them since I moved back to Orlando. Um, I, I, I don't get a chance to see everything all the time. And I feel like as someone who would be on the non-host situation, you probably get to see a lot of interactions along the way that I probably wouldn't see. Um, I, all I do is watch while I'm at your party. That's what so. I imagine. So like, so what, like, so in my eyes, out of the people that I always imagine come to these things, I figure they're one very extroverted but two, I also understand that they tend to, to click together. You know, like they kind of like they have their group of friends that they're very close with. And then sometimes that'll branch out if there's like an activity involved that unifies. Yeah. Would you say that's like the commonality there? Or? Um, the unity seems to be beer, kapong, ah, beer pong at your party is pretty that's much true. all the time. Yeah. Yeah. That tends to grab a lot of people in there. Uh, there just there isn't a good place to play board games at your house. We don't have a good table. That's the main thing. Yeah. Like the main table is full of food. Well, and, so, the, and the couch, the table with the couch is just too hard to get something organized on. Yeah, the L-shaped couch is not ideal to... I have the super hyper-opposite problem here where there's nowhere to sit down <laughs> except to play board games yeah. or watch a movie. Yeah, so. well, I like, so board games are an interesting thing, right? Like, I love playing those. Like, I have no problem doing that. But I feel like for party events, it's there's like a cap there's like a, a point at which you have too many people. Oh, it's an ordeal. Yeah. As soon as you have an odd number of people, board games get crazy. Well, it's not only that. I mean, I'm sure there's always going to be instances where you could host something over here and then have beer pong over there or something like that. And like, it wouldn't be an issue in that regard. Because like, we used to do that, right? With like, like drinking games. Like, you know, like sometimes those have a number cap on who can play. Yeah. Uh, so that's normally not an issue. There's always different things for people to do. But board games are one of those things that I always want at my parties. But the feasibility of it is minimalized by the fact that people are drinking very heavily and then also usually hopping between places, like doing different things. Oh, yeah. Well, trying trying to mingle right. in the way that parties are designed to allow you to do. Yeah. I mean, and especially back in the day, parties used to be more focused on that because everybody was single or was young enough to the point where they maybe didn't have something stable relationship-wise. So talking to new people was kind of like your gateway to that. Sure. Uh, nowadays, it feels like the majority of people attending are usually, I mean, nowadays we have friends who are married, you know, I'm sure there's yeah. friends who are looking to have kids and stuff like that. So it kind of changes the group dynamic. Well, those people all, except for Patrick, those people all just end up sitting on the couch and kind of just hanging out. Yeah. 
Well, yeah, that's true. So um, that's mostly where I end up spending my time is on the couch or wandering around. Yeah, I think like certain things can be accessible enough. Like if you have like we back in the day, we used to have like a rock band set up, which is cool because like, you know, you, you cycle people in and out. That's a party game. Yeah, that's like a party game and a half. And I love karaoke. Uh, like stuff like that is super fun for me. And I think like a lot of those things are things that kind of break people out of their shell. You know what I mean? Like, like oh, a yeah, song absolutely. comes on that everybody knows, so they all get up and sing it or something. Uh, or which is, the people who don't want to sing can play guitar. Yeah, it, <laughs> I mean, somebody has to, right? Yeah. So, um, so, but like, there's those other things. So, like, we used to have that, and now we don't, and it's really frustrating because I don't think anybody out of the people that attend usually own it either. So, like, no, it all it disappeared off the face of the earth. Yeah. one day. Well, they came up with a new one, but just yeah, but it, fuck it, that. It's well, it, it's super expensive. So like also fuck that. Yeah, but that's over. But yeah, so that's always been something I wanted to bring back. Kind of get that back into the mix of stuff, but uh real instruments. <laughs> Just buy a bunch of guitars. I'll be resigned to singing. Yeah. <laughs> Cuz I can't play jack. I can play the Batman theme song on guitar. That's it. That, like the na 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 na. And on this rock you will build your church of Nice. Yeah, no. There's yeah. um <sighs> party gimmicks i mean that is that's that's what drinking games are yeah i don't um, i don't like drinking games at all so i don't do them at my place but i totally see the appeal of them what are you most familiar with in that regard because like it seems like beer pong is the one we play all the time but i know so many more other ones that we never get a chance to because beer pong just dominates i don't i don't like drinking games because they feel like an immoderate compromise on board games. Board games have an inherent problem in that you have to think a lot about them, which automatically draws you away from the people around you, which is why there are two, there are basically two classes of board game. There are the Euro games, which are beautifully designed games that you play almost entirely in your head, and then right. there are party games. There's, are like there's, there's Sorry and Monopoly and... Well, no, there, there are good party games. Like, Codenames is a great example of this. Codenames Same. is a game where you have to guess... Uh, it, it's a word game where you have to guess what someone is thinking, and it requires that you Pick interact with Pick it up at your local store. People. What? Pick it up at your local store. Oh, no, it's actually in Target now. Pick it up at your local Target. Yeah, it is, it is actually managed to make it mainstream. But those games... <laughs> Um, those games, uh, anybody plays with the people around them and the interaction at the whole point. Whereas with a game like Power Grid, Power Grid is an exceptionally satisfying, very well-designed game that you spend virtually none of your time contemplating the other people around the table while it's going. Right. It's a- And a drinking game, I feel like, takes <laughs> part of Power Grid and fuses it together. Because you can drink while playing Power Grid. Like, you don't have to make a game out of it. We often do. Yeah. Like, that's... It's I think- un- I think people just find excuses to drink regardless of uh, no, what they No, I know. Doing. Yeah, that, yeah. And that's the thing. That's why I think drinking games are kind of lame because you don't well, need the excuse. There, I think there's a certain level of pride that comes into those types of games. And it also, it's, I mean, it's not called social lubricant, f- you know, for nothing. You know what I mean? Like, definitely when people are more intoxicated, they become more open and able to interact with other people. I agree. From what I've met, from what I've viewed. So I agree. I just don't think beer pong adds to the experience. Beer pong doesn't. And that's why I don't like having it, but we do <laughs> because fucking Patrick wants it every single time. He is not alone. Yeah. I'm not, not I, about to I, point I, the finger at Patrick. On no, no I will, but I guarantee <laughs> if you're listening to this, it's all on you. Uh, I guarantee you. Cause I've, I have done other games before at, at older parties. And those are the ones that used to dominate. Like we used to play this one, uh, that I'm sure everybody's familiar with called Ring of Fire. 
Yeah. And that to me is the great icebreaker of parties. Like Ring of Fire, if you have a bunch of new people at your house or your venue or whatever the heck you're hosting and you want to get to know them very quickly or if you are trying to hook up with that one person that you just now met and stuff like that and you really want to kind of put them on the spot or kind of get to know them on a more intimate level, like for some reason Ring of Fire is a game where people just forget about inhibitions with regards to what they're talking about and just blather on. And either the more drinks that come into it definitely assist in that, but uh, it's something along the lines where people are just willing to accept the inherent rules of it in that, like, like you get, like, a never have I ever, yeah, right? You throw that out there. Somebody says something like that. It's very easy for someone just to lie about it. Very rarely people do. Yeah. I don't know why that is, but it, it's just something where, for some reason, it creates a little safety net of interaction that breaks people out of their shells. So why don't you orchestrate more games of Ring of Fire? Because I know everybody at my parties at this point. Oh, okay. Uh, it's very, so you're it, a jaded it, motherfucker. Right, yeah. It's, it's changed so much from how it used to be in college where like there would just be new people every freaking time. Like you would make uh like there'd be the core group, then they would bring more people. And then those people would bring fringe people that would come to a couple parties here and there. And it's those fringe people that like, you're trying to be respectful of your friends to kind of like bring them into the fold. Yeah. So you do stuff to kind of include them. And then you sometimes figure out, Oh yeah, they're really cool. I want to hang out with them. And sometimes you're like, Oh dude, these people suck. Like no more of that. Well, so but we've, we've deliberately built a system that, prevents that from happening now right well we have like i said we're we're at a point at the party scheme where it seems to be almost the exact same people every time yeah it's very rare we have a new person come in and if we do it's like one or two people most um i think birthdays tend to be the tipping point on that one they, they tend to drag in more people who are fringe versus like oh, a, yeah. a holiday or something where you kind of bring the really close group in so but uh yeah that's um if i could i would bring back like a lot more of those like very fast paced kind of like larger inclusive because uh, beer pong's four people at a time and it's off in the corner look we we agree beer pong sucks yeah no i baseball is way more fun did you have you played that at one of my parties it's it's, it's similar yeah but it involves a lot more people it's a different coat of paint man <laughs> All right. it's a different <laughs> coat of paint you're too concentrated for a game that is about drinking it's it's more about the pride, I think. I don't need any more of that in my life. Oh, but everybody else does. What fucking buck up, guys? <laughs> that's that's just you're a, special. It's a it's to a, you if no one else. All right. Yeah, well, but yeah. So that's um that definitely. I think have we talked about the group cohesion factor yet. I don't I don't know if we've I, we've kind of mentioned it a little bit earlier. I think, but in what sense? With regards to merging different friend groups into a party we just used a lot of crazy academies in the middle of that but uh no sure we can talk about that so you had mentioned circles and the way that this sort of these kinds of activities sort of mash circles together in ways that normal gatherings wouldn't because normally a circle like we have a D&D circle that's yeah, you, like five or six people you share a common interest that's all they do yeah. there's the magic people there's the dodo people like yeah and a party lets a couple of those groups crash together um, yours do anyway. I don't know that mine do. Yeah, I, actually, I mean, I'm not really sure. I th I would say the main interests out of you're talking like your weekly movie event type things. 
or, or any or, of the kinds of board game events or any of that kind of stuff. The, again, to me at that point, I use I use event. I almost feel like I use event, even if it's subconsciously, almost deliberately, because they're not really parties. They're yeah. much more directed than that. Right. There's a set goal in mind. Let's do this. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's true. Um, I don't know. I like to me the board game events are more like parties in the sense that we all kind of come together, we hang out, we drink, we play games, we go get food, et cetera, et cetera. And we just kind of spend the whole night doing whatever. Because um, sometimes people aren't even, like, they're doing different things. You know, you have, like, a game over here, video game over there. That's the hope, know. anyway. Yeah. So, um, but, yeah, sometimes, I mean, it, it's always a risk, right? Like, you never, like, when you're first setting up a party event, like, when I first started doing these things, uh, there were a lot of hit and miss kind of, like, interactions. Because you're just, like, in your mind, you're, like, well, I get along really well with this group of friends, and I get along really well with this group of friends. They've never really met each other, but if they get along well with me, then surely they'll get along well with each other. Yeah. Right? That's like the... the yeah, know, everyone's like me. Yeah. This should all be fine. It should be no problem. And then you come to find, no, that's very much not the case, yeah. and you get a lot of, like... Uh, I can't count the number of times, at least back in the day, maybe not so much now, but there have been some instances where it's been like somebody after the party will just be like, dude... That guy was a total douche, or or like or or that chick was just so mean, like blah blah blah, and like it's weird to not hear that at the time. You know what I mean? Like I would think at this point we're kind of, or we could just, you know, hey man, this person's being a dick. You know? No, like, that's not. But that's, that's but that's not the that case. Falls so like, far out of social <laughs> parlance. Yeah, I, and <laughs> I'm not speaking from experience because I didn't know that, or at least I'm not speaking intuitively on that because I have. That's that's one of the nicest things about the way that I talk to people uh, for all the grading it does in preventing me from just having like casual friendships, which I'm essentially physically incapable of having, mm-hmm. um, is that I you will know if I don't like you. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> I can I can see that. Yeah, it's yeah. that's very convenient, even if it does shut down a lot of uh, looser connections I could have to people. How how much would you say is your um, this might not be super on topic, but like it, your breaking point for that is it like just one chance is it like it takes multiple instances to no, kind of like tip? I'm, I'm very forgiving about it but my bar is very high okay so breaching the threshold everybody's in a neutral space it's just getting into the the upper tier of it is right getting is, to the close friend kind yeah. of thing yeah because i and this is this is a weird flattening which has um i i used to think was an aspergerian thing but i'm finding that it may just be the kinds of friendships that uh, my friends are into is that a lot of people tend to have a couple of different meandering graduations from acquaintance to casual friend to friend to close friend, best friend. And I, I feel like mine are compressed into about two groups. There are the people that I can tolerate being around. And then there are close friends who I will tell essentially anything to. Right. Right. Um, Right. And I have a lot more of those top group than most other, like there are studies that come out that tell you that it's healthy to have two close friends. Really? Um, I don't know if I can have that. Yeah. And and granted, I mean, maybe their definition is a little different than mine and maybe I'm not as happy as these psychologists are. Um, (laughs) it's always interesting, right? Which they never seem to be that way. I mean, I, I have to have at least a dozen people that I would tell anything to. Right. And just like your close friend network. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree with that. I, I, to me, two people, I think, I I think maybe we're just at that age group because I know the, the common thing I've heard from people in my family or friends who are older is that as you hit a certain point 
these things like parties and close groups of friends and stuff like that start to dwindle to nothing or to very, very small niche groups. Oh, yeah. So I don't know if I'm okay with that. Like it, I'm, I'm at the point where I like keeping my circle big. Um, not exactly my close group of friends. I definitely keep that to a eh, kind of like you, like, like 10 or 12 people I would consider like I could come to with a problem. I could go talk to them about whatever. Or yep. I could just go hang out with them and do nothing. Literally, we could just spend the day doing nothing and that would be totally normal. That would drive me insane, but to each of them. <laughs> you know what I mean? Totally yeah. nothing. Meaning no, no, like, no, no, no. Uh, I, yeah. I know, yeah, I know yeah, what yeah. you're talking about. Not, not just sitting idly in a chair. Yeah. <laughs> that would be really just weird. Yeah, at no. I would be like, do something. Are you real? <laughs> like, what's going on? Uh, yeah, but uh, I, I mean, as I'm sure you notice from just the size of the parties, like the circle of friends... I extend out. I think I have multi-tier like positioning on my friend list. Like there's obviously the very close people that I would do whatever, like I would hang out with, you know, even just small shindigs and stuff. Then there's like the tier right below that, which is probably like the next extension outwards. And then there's acquaintances past that. So maybe I just add one more in there for like most, that, that seems reasonable to me. Yeah. So, but, um, for me, like the, the introduction to the party scene, branches like it extends outward so it's like more and more fringe people get invites as less and less of the inner circle of people can't attend sure just to kind of fill the gap there um because yeah. i would rather prioritize people that i want to hang out with more than you know people i have that seems with. reasonable it does but in my predicament i don't think so right well i was uh, that actually sort of dovetails i said that a little tongue-in-cheek do you worry that you don't have enough friends no, I... You don't? Uh, no, I don't. Okay, I do. Oh, you really? I do that constantly. It bothers me that... Uh, it bothers me in, when I have a static group of people I talk oh, to. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Um, well, you know what? Maybe I maybe I, I spoke too soon on that then. So... Well, uh, maybe I misphrased my question. <laughs> no, no. So hear me out on this one. So as a single individual, right? Somebody who's not in a current relationship, I, I've found that keeping a static group of friends no longer suffices that that ability to meet new people um obviously because those people are either already in something or you've known them long enough that nothing has already happened you've already you've sunk your tendrils yeah, yeah. into the branches <laughs> yeah of your that, other that, that's that's been tested so <laughs> so it, there has to be a point at least in my eyes if i want to progress to a point where i can find meet somebody new you know um i either have to push myself out to other events in other words like attending somebody else's party right which is rarer these days in the sense that once people find somebody to host they kind of glom on to that and I, I think i've been kind of painted as that person to kind of like host things i'll give you a hint you have okay cool uh well that's theory that confirmed guy. theory confirmed number one right there so but th- then at that point i have to make more of an effort to bring other people in but this comes back to the point that I had earlier where it's very difficult to do that sometimes when you have such close-knit group of people at every event. Um, oh, yeah. they're, they're obviously always around each other, so their casualness among each other is very daunting to a new person, I would imagine, coming in. Well, that's having the vernacular, knowing what everybody's going to say. I mean, there's a history built up between friends right. that is very hard to breach from the outside. Right, and with our... Mutual interests, being in the variety of nerdy things, gaming, et cetera, et cetera, um, those tend to not breed the most uh, uh, socially like adept individuals. I, I, I don't want to pin this on them because there are enough conventions where enough people make friends that I don't think that counts anymore. The problem that is true as well. The, the problem 
I'm finding is, well, no, I guess it's the wrong way to attack this. It is that those common interests are the icebreaker. The, those are the way that you end up oh, yeah. coming into contact with other people. Because, I mean, for all the, uh, for all the talking about the adoration of nerdy things, I mean, I'm basically a jock with autism. I don't like, I really don't actually like most nerd stuff I found really? a little while ago. Well, you, you cosplay in a sense, you play video games, you, uh, I know, but RPG, I don't, y- yeah, but I games. do all of those things so begrudgingly, really like from a weird angle out of all that. Oh yeah. So, well, no, my, oh, well, my cosplay angle is completely personal and is that's not true. It's not for way, notoriety or anything. It's or, not. Well, yeah. and I'm not, I'm not for, I'll, I have a piece that's coming up on this that will come out someday. That may actually not ever happen. But <laughs> but no, fursuiting is very different from normal cosplay that way because it's not an adoration of a particular other thing that someone has made. I don't like comic books. I don't like superheroes. Huh. I, I, use, I use the word dork as endearingly as I can, but I can feel the evil part of my brain that is actually <laughs> laughing maniacally when that happens. Interesting. Yeah, no, yeah. I, I absolutely don't do that. Um, but the people who tend to be around that are good-natured enough that they humor me while I'm being weird, so. Well, would you, um, obviously none of these groups started just out of the blue, right? I mean, these all came from shared interests, I yeah. imagine. So, uh, I mean, I tend to use my interests, be it cosplay or gaming or, you know, tabletop stuff like D&D or magic, whatever, to find new people that I consider really close. And after spending a good amount of time with them, then bring them in. But it's definitely not to the extent that it used to be, I think. Because I think now as I've aged, my rigor, like the level of like, like compatibility, like necessity, <laughs> like requirements is definitely like increased. Yeah. Um, I don't know if that's just based off maturity or if it's like maybe like You're just getting tired of it, man. I guess so, man. Like You just want to agree with the people around you. <laughs> yeah, but like it's it ties back into that single thing, right? So like everybody's out there to find people they want to hang out with, be it on an intimate level or on like a just a friendship kind of thing. So like I think parties definitely form in that capacity um and they tend to do one of two things you either get new friends you get new relationships and that's about it um or you make enemies i guess there's a third thing put in there because that's definitely happened at parties um (laughs) be it maybe not my own but in others um you got any enemies nick yeah yeah i do man so many uh i don't know more than friends (laughs) no not at all yeah no i (laughs) I tend to cut enemies out as quickly as possible. Um, but uh, I, it's something about alcohol, man. It just uh, it it allows you to see a person very clearly and both not very clearly all at the same time in the sense that people tend to lose their inhibitions and act more like what they actually are like. But at the same time, your judgment level also decreases immensely. I would contest the idea that people act more like themselves when they are boozed. I think it just pushes them in. Or I think the bottom. I think the bottom of their personalities sort of falls out, ah. which push. This is this is one of those things. There's <laughs> there's an old expression called "in vinos veritas in wine truth," which right. I think is really stupid because it implies that people are more honest, and it's really just that they are willing to go with the more base explanation of what's going on around them, even though this is. It is inherent in moral philosophy that we are allowed to think about what we say and what we do before we do it, because otherwise we are literally just animalistic. Um, 
So to think of yourself as the real person when you're drunk is just a horrible condemnation to intuition. And um, I think it's really dangerous to think about people that way. Okay, that's a fair assertion. <laughs> I just it's it's just something that I have to get off my chest occasionally because the it, it, people people see people act weird when they're drunk and then they they go, "I knew that's what he was like," or oh, "I, I knew this is what he thought." Right, right, right. You're supposed to be allowed to reflexively think something and say something else. Right, 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 right. It is. The world becomes really shitty when that's not the case. It becomes more black and white for sure. It becomes thought crimey. <laughs> well, now we're branching on a whole other thing, and I don't think I brought enough tinfoil to touch on that one. So that's that's totally fine. I but, just uh, had to say it. I had to get that out there while it was <laughs> while it was lingering. Well, um, so as an outsider coming in with regards to my events, um, what is what is something that you think beyond just the social like like avenues in other words like like shared interests and stuff is there anything else that brings people together like that or is that like really just the main thing that that drags people together into things the ritual oh like I think just the ritual having a, a party i think the ritual plays a lot into it because i mean for a major percentage of the party a lot of the people there are just sitting on a couch hanging out yeah and that is something they can do anywhere it's true they're not even talking like they're literally just seeing the other people around yeah but that's that's enough to justify coming i don't think any of those people would say they regret coming to the party no would you say at that point then it is the prestige of being at a party versus not being at one like it's it's the invitation that is alluring i don't i you know what i'm saying like it's it's like i don't think your party's welcome that way well. I'm sorry to say. No, that's... <laughs> I'll, I'll be on my way. This was podcast no, whatever. No, no. Yes. on a stupid yeah. cast and I'll be going. No, it's... Uh, I guess it's po- I guess it's possible, but it just... That doesn't... I, I, I'm, maybe I'm maybe I think... said that in too much of a facetious manner. Uh, what well, I meant... so, so did I. Yeah. <laughs> so. What I meant was uh, the, the feeling of acceptance to a uh, larger event than the usual get-together. It that seems I, like it fits more into obligation at that point. Well, cause I've had plenty of people be upset that they weren't invited to things and it's either a matter of, I didn't want to spend time with them or I just literally forgot to invite them. Oh, I can, I can believe that. That's yeah. a, um, that's its own can of worms is the, the part, but it's, it's that you, um, you hit a point of entitlement where it would be, I, I wouldn't personally, because I've hosted enough parties. I completely understand whenever someone forgets to invite me to something. I know they all hate me deep and said, no, I, I know normal. that they, yeah, no, I yeah, know yeah. they forget. <laughs> I know people forget. It happens all the damn Dude, time. Dude, you know, Facebook, for some reason, it only shows eight people that you were very close with. Yeah. And after that, it's just by alphabet. And you can't go through all that. Well, no, that's, that's exactly. There's so many people. That's exactly why the offsite cultural society is it, just a, it, it's just spam, a bulk yeah, list. In, invite group. Yeah. Yeah. You were yeah. the people who I'm okay <laughs> with at my house. So you yeah. all get this message every time so I don't have to feel that question. Is that a secret group on Facebook? But, um, I don't know. Everybody be sure to go look that yeah, up feel and free add to yourself look up in the Offsite Cultural yeah. Society. <laughs> um, it'll let you know when things are happening. Um, but the um but no, it's it, it becomes a point of entitlement. I would be surprised if you never invited me to a party. So the the idea that it would be some form of privilege, maybe the first time. Maybe the first time it's like, "All right, I it's guess cool. I'm in with uh, yeah, these guys. I'm, I'm on the in crew. Yeah, yeah, but once once you're 
once you're in the group, it, that's normalized pretty quickly. Um, but it ends up being a point of obligation. And you do you do get, even though the party does devolve relatively quickly, you do get the first 10% where everybody goes, how's it going? And that part is very important. Yeah. Well, it, it's, uh, I mean, important in the sense of like for validation's sake or no, 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 just, no. It's just to catch up, oh, to yeah, catch up yeah. in person. Right, like right. That, that's a very basic, I mean, it's theoretically something you could do at any time right. using you video just, calling or you something. just call someone. Yeah, exactly. So. But it doesn't, it doesn't have the same effect. Like I've talked to Brian a bunch of times, but it's always better to see him in person mm-hmm. or Zach or any of those people I don't see right. very often. Yeah. Well, yeah, and you're right. And I think that that's definitely something that is the major, I mean, for me, that's the major allure of hosting a party, right? Is that I know by being, by hosting this thing that I'm going to see the people that I want to see. Hopefully. I mean, unless, unless they can't be there, which is totally understandable, but you know, I'm maximizing my chances for that. Right. Yeah. So, um, which is cool. Cause like, you're right. Like there's a lot of people nowadays as we age that they are all over the freaking place and to be able to host something where we can reunite those groups and hang out again, just even for a little bit. Super enjoyable. Yep. So that um, is in no small part why I do group podcasts because they they are a good mechanism to have a and deliberately to have a meaningful conversation with those people where right. otherwise we would have to come up with something to do. You know, theoretically, if I pick something everybody wants to talk about, then we get to have a conversation worth having, which, mm-hmm. you know, I speaking of it, I, I, I know I've mentioned this before, speaking of friends in mechanical terms that way where there's some sort of like instrumental need. I don't care about that at all because like utility is the, what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah. The art looking at this in some sort of utilitarian fashion seems crazy to me because this is, it's this definitely is a, 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 um, I don't really know how to describe that. That's a very controlling kind of like outlook on things. Yeah. Like, well, and it's just, it's, it's a like dangerous what, way to look at things yeah. to believe that this all needs to be so natural. I mean, the fact that, that we're talking right now yeah. is super cool because this will, I mean, not merely because it will be archived, but we're having a useful conversation about stuff that maybe we wouldn't always talk about. And that we, by dint of it being the conversation in the room, we both care about. It's true. Yeah. No, you're right. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I can definitely see shindigs being a way to edge that out of people in the sense, or not edge, uh, to get that out of people in the sense that like somebody will start talking about something and then other people with interest or shared interest in that are already there so they can kind of chime in on that. Yeah. And you tend to get some pretty enjoyable stories or conversations or whatever out of that that or you wouldn't normally have. You joke. I'm not, I'm not <laughs> yeah. joking. I, oh, I can man. say with a smile and be yeah, serious. It's, I don't think it's, has it ever, it hasn't happened yet at one of, the Orlando parties. Right? I haven't seen a violent okay. incident. Yeah. In college, that was slightly more common just because of, I think the amount of alcohol that tended into those was much, much higher. I can uh, believe that. And the immaturity level was also much, much higher. I can also believe that. Um, and uh, I don't know. It, there were definitely instances of like play fighting that developed into uh, actual fighting. Like it started off as like, kind of like, you know, Hey, I can do this. Oh, you can do that. I can do this. And it gets even further. And then there's just been instances where straight up it's like, the groups didn't mesh perfectly because they were such a broad grouping of people like that were brought into the party that it just so happened to be that this person didn't get along with that person and they were both invited. And instead of one person being the adult and like walking away, it was like, fuck that. This is my party. I was invited. And then a, a tussle broke out and uh scuff. 
Yeah, a, uh, a, f- a bout of fisticuffs, yeah. one might say. Um, no, normally it's a bunch of rolling on the ground and like throwing stuff at each other. Um, that was a very rare thing. That's only maybe happened once or twice, so I'm pretty proud of that. That's not a common thing. Um, I've been to parties where that's been really common, though. Like, And I think maybe that's also another reason why I want to host. I want to... It's a controlling nature of myself to want to make sure that it's a fun environment for people oh yeah no i want so, i want the agency yeah no that that certainly is a perk of it although again the uh if not me who certainly also plays into it i mean who i no one no one does this stuff no one wants to do the cleanup no one wants to do the organization no one wants to do the the maintenance of it during and etc cetera, etc cetera. or even honestly the biggest problem that i'm starting to come to terms with at this point is the cost of hosting a party vastly outweighs the cost of attending a party. <laughs> oh, yes, that is in fact the case. <laughs> I think the average person probably brings a, at best a, a case of beer or, or a small bottle of liquor, which is like what, 15, 20 bucks. And uh, at, at least like a bag of chips, which is like three bucks versus, you know, the hosts who typically put in closer to 80, at least for the parties that we throw. Sure. Uh, so, but it's all outweighed purely by the fact that you get a night of fun with friends. Yeah. So on I, my side, I fixed that by being frugal as fuck about it. So <laughs> I don't, uh, here's a 12 pack of Mountain Dew. What? Have at it. What? No, I don't <laughs> even do that. Normally everybody goes out for eating. I would, if, if I hosted parties of the size yours was, I would be more prepared that way. But generally no more than 12 people ever show up. So yeah. it's, it's fine to deal with that stuff. Um, and I'm, you know, I, I have buyer's remorse about everything, so I end up being uh, a, it, I end up being a cheapskate across the board. I'm 100% the same way, but there's the yeah. social anxiety of having to put out a good event. Oh yeah, that no. that completely outweighs that. No, and and again, so, once once it breaks about 10 people, I will accommodate. Yeah. It's just until yeah. it hits that point, I don't care. And for what it's worth, <laughs> I I do bring I do BYO on my alcohol. Oh, you so. do 100. percent I'm I don't, super grateful. I for. don't cost you anything. Yeah, no, you don't at all. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I know your pain there. Yeah. Uh, no, that's definitely true. But um, yeah, I think it's just and and the big thing that's helped with continuing parties and just continuing to be that host has been the generosity of people over time, because people will bring a bottle of something and leave it there. Yep. In the expectation that, hey, the next event will come around and I'll be invited, which is more than not true. But um, that's how we I mean, you've seen my kitchen like we talked about at the beginning. That is the, the bar is developed. And actually, a lot of that stuff came from Gainesville, <laughs> came from college parties that was brought over and started again here to keep that rolling. What a wonderful tradition. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Nick's, keep it going soon. Uh, Nick does not have anywhere special to put his booze. I don't. It just takes up his entire counter. Uh, in a way, that's kind of its spot, right? That's, you know, what else am I going to do with that counter space? I, I don't know. Prepare food. Oh, I prepare food on the other counter. I got two of them. I got a table. I, I guess yeah. I guess that's an acceptable answer to that yeah. question. No, it's fine. Do you display empty bottles of alcohol? <laughs> Have you dug behind the, the full bottles of alcohol? No, because I don't want to know the answer. Okay. There are only a handful, I would say six or seven bottles that I've kept. And... They are usually from some kind of event that was major to me. Like um, for my 21st birthday, a friend of mine gave me like a huge thing of Patron that would easily be close to $50, you know, something like that, which as a college kid is a lot. So uh, something like that has stuck with me and it's kind of hold still. 
there was a, a, a skiing trip I went to with a bunch of friends where we, it was in Virginia and like anywhere out of Florida, they can have forties. I don't know. You know what those are? I am familiar with the 40. Cool. Well, you're from Michigan, right? So nope. No, nope, not, not from Michigan. Cool. That's awesome. not why I'm familiar with 40s. Gotcha. Well, but 40s, keep going. 40s exists elsewhere, and they provide very easy drinking game opportunities in the form of Edward 40 Hands. And uh, we played a lot of that up there. And I brought two of the ones out of one of the events that I used back home with me and kept them as a thing. But they're behind a lot of stuff, so nobody really gets to see them. So I have a... Um, <laughs> I, there are many ways to tell whether or not you're an adult. Here's one of them. <laughs> Is it bottles not being undisplayed? Don't. Yeah. <laughs> Alcohol bottles are not art, guys. This is just, this is what, just a public service but what, announcement. But what if you make them into like a nice little, you know, nope. vase or, nope. or lamp or... Nope. <laughs> Unacceptable. Yeah. I, uh, the only one that is physically on display at the moment, something you could see without it being behind anything else, is a bottle of Game of Thrones limited edition, like, beer. It, or mead, actually. It was a mead. And, uh, I can't tell if that's better or worse. T- to me, that's awesome. It was a gift. It was super tasty, and it was a limited edition thing. So it's like a you know. Does it say limited edition? It on does it? say it right All on right. the bottle. Nope. So. Nope. <laughs> nope. I don't see how that's uh, any different than putting up a piece of art. Uh, look, so. I'm not about to suggest that my tastes are in any way indicative of mainstream culture or even just decorum in general. Well, good, because that's not what the topic of today was. But there is, yeah, no, we're going a little far afield. But guys, just get, reclaim that space in your life. You don't, you don't don't need to celebrate it. Where do I put all the full bottles? What, in, where the empty bottles are, and then you have more space in your counter. Ah, well, that's unnecessary. We never have more. It's okay. Don't do it. It merely provides the illusion that we're well stocked. (laughs) <laughs> is that a good illusion? Yeah, why not? I don't, I don't know if that's good in and of itself. Well, you know, I don't know. Probably not. <sighs> All right, regardless. Yeah. All right, so, so I've got two beefs off my chest this podcast, what? so I feel pretty good. Oh, the beer uh, displaying bottles and... I don't remember what the other one was. I don't remember the other one was either. Oh, so. it was um, being truthful. Oh, um, right. Being truthful under the influence under, of alcohol. Yeah. I have a lot of beef with alcohol. I should probably stop drinking it. Anyway, Nick, you got anything else you want to talk about? <sighs> no, I... Uh, I think that's pretty much it. Parties are fun and they're a pain to host, but totally worth it in the end. Agreed. Nick, thanks for being part of the Machination Log. Anytime, buddy. Good morning, everyone.